The Antidote is here with J.R. Barais, guitarist for the band Love and Death. J.R., thanks for joining The Antidote. Yeah, thanks for having me. The frontman of Love and Death, Brian Head Welch, is well known for his rolling corn. Are there similarities between the music of corn and Love and Death? Definitely, yeah. Um, I think it's just because, you know, he was a founding member of Korn and he was in that band and he really defined their sound. So we're definitely going to have a lot of influence that sounds like Korn. But we all put our own take into all the music, you know, it was a huge effort. So it's not, it doesn't just sound like Korn, but you can definitely hear the similarities in it. And on the topic of love and death, is that really simply a rebranding of Ryan's solo career, or is there more to it than that? Yeah, it was a rebranding of his solo stuff, but also, you know, we've just been together for a while now, and we've got to know each other so well, and we just started riding together, and Ryan really wanted it to be more uh, a band, you know, and uh, try to give us credit, too. He's, he's always wanted it to be more of a band kind of thing, but the only reason he had been going under his own name is for uh, just branding reasons, because, you know, he had his book out and everything, so they thought it'd be better just go by his name, but we finally decided to change the name and just uh, make it a band. It's a community effort now. Definitely, yeah. Now, Jared, you're now 17. Most guys your age are playing guitar in their parents' garage. How did you manage to grab the lead guitar role with Love and Death? Uh, it wasn't planned, I'll say that. It was uh, in March, I believe, in, of 2011. And there's a band called Thousand Foot Crutch, and they were taking guitar auditions on YouTube at the time. And uh, I decided to try out. So I put a video up and sent it to them just to see what would happen. And around the same time, Brian's guitar player that he had in his band had to step down. And Brian had a tour coming up in about two weeks. So he was really like scrambling to find someone to fill the shoes. And, you know, if he couldn't, he would have had to cancel the tour. But somehow Brian's tour manager found my video for TFK on Facebook. And uh, he showed Brian and Brian really liked it. And they got in contact with me. And it's funny because Brian said based on the video, he thought I was at least 20. Um, but at the time I was only 15. So um they really had to convince management to let me be a part, you know, and go on tour and stuff. But uh, it all worked out. So I tried out for him. I sent him a video of one of his songs and um, just went from there. Do you ever find people wanting to try to treat you as a kid instead of an accomplished musician? Like, what do you do? You just lay down a guitar riff and blow them away? <sighs> yeah, it's... um. It's been a little bit of both, you know, some people kind of, you know, still treat me like just a kid, which I like, you know, I don't want to be treated as, you know, a rock star and everything. I mean, it's cool and all, but I'm normal like everyone else. But yeah, I've definitely dealt with people who have not even treated me as a musician at all, you know, so kind of have to convince them first and then they'll be like, okay, he's for real. <laughs> well, if you were that kind of caliber at 15, putting out a video trying to try out to be with TFK. When did you start playing guitar? Uh, I started playing when I was 11. It was about four years there after I started playing guitar. But I had always grown up around music. My dad's a drummer, and I mean, I would always just hear him play drums all the time growing up and just all these different songs. And so I definitely knew I wanted to do something with music with my life. And um, I really didn't know when that was going to happen, you know, but I just I had a feeling it would. And it totally happened way faster than I thought it would. But I'm, I'm very thankful uh, 
how it all played out and I'm just blessed for sure. So in four years, you're going from just picking up your first guitar to actually being part of a band. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, you know, because, I mean, I meet people now, you know, that are, I mean, in their 30s or 40s, you know, and they're still trying to get picked up by Wolf, you know, and, um, you know, I just, I definitely will never take this for granted. Like, that's one thing I promise myself is uh, I've been given uh, this opportunity for a reason, and um, I'm not going to going to take it for granted and uh, just try to stay as humble as possible through it all following up on all that who's your guitar hero my guitar hero um there's a band called pillar uh they're a christian rock band and i listened to them a lot when i started playing guitar like they were pretty much the band that uh, made me want to pick up guitar so you know when i first started playing you know i'd just be sitting in my room and just listening to their songs and just playing them by ear, trying to learn them and everything. And the guitar player, his name's Noah Henson. And it's crazy now because the first tour I did with Brian back in 2011, uh, Noah actually came out to one of the shows and uh, I got to meet him. And it's funny now because we're friends now, you know, like we talk to each other all the time. So it's definitely a very surreal situation, you know, and it's been really cool, though. But you haven't started growing dreads to look like Noah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> Love and Death's new album, Between Here and Lost, released January 22nd. What was the greatest moment for you during the recording? For me, it was just kind of realizing that I could actually write, you know. I mean, I'd always tried, you know, even before I was in the band, but a lot of musicians either run into, you know, it, it sounds just like a song that's already made, you know, or, you know, you just don't think it's good at all. And so I struggled with that for a while with Brian, especially because he had emailed me and he was like, hey, you know, I'm writing this new album and I really want to see what you can do as far as writing goes, you know, because, you know, he really liked how I play live and stuff. And so he really wanted me to try and write. And I answered him back. I was like, ah, you know, I've tried. I don't think I can, you know. And he's like, ah, oh, just do it. You know, just come up with something anything and just send it to me and we'll see what happens it's like okay okay so i'm the kind of guy that when it comes to writing like i can't really force myself to do it it's more of like my brain will just randomly think of something like at the most random time <laughs> which you know sucks in a way because you know when you're trying to write something really fast like you have a deadline you know you're kind of like trying to push yourself to but can't come up with anything but i wrote on a couple of the songs on the album i wrote on uh, the abandoning and then there's a song called Watching the Bottom Fall. And then I wrote a little bit on the song Meltdown. On the Abandoning, I wrote uh, the main riff of the song, like the intro riff and the verses. And that really came about just unexpectedly. Again, it was around the time when Brian wanted me to start writing. So I was trying to push myself to write stuff, but I couldn't come up with anything, you know. And so I was really frustrated one night and I just was like, okay. I'm not doing this. And I just like gave up and I went to bed and I think it was like 3 a.m. the next morning I woke up and I just had just this riff just like pounding in my head and I was like, couldn't get it out of my brain. <laughs> so I immediately opened up my computer and I recorded it and I sent it to Brian and um, Brian loved it, which is really crazy because he's been so successful, you know, in the music industry, obviously, you know. So it was really cool to hear that he, he liked it, you know, he liked my idea and, uh, and we ended up using it. So... That's what the abandoning came from, really, just my riff, and then we just built off of that. And then the song, Watching the Bottom Fall, I also wrote the intro riff for that song, too. And again, that came about just randomly, too, you know? So I'm definitely just trying to figure out how to write stuff that's good, like when you have a deadline, you know, and you have to push yourself. 
for now, I've just been getting ideas just just randomly and just recording everything I come up with and whether it's good or bad and just pick and choose. I was surprised to see that Love and Death decided to do a cover of Devo's new wave song, Whip It, on your new album. How did that song come about? Um, it was actually Brian's idea. He wanted to do a new wave cover for some reason. It was because there's a band called uh, The Used, and they did a, uh, a cover of Burning Down the House. And he really liked it. And he's like, man, that'd be cool to do you know, a new wave cover or something, you know? So he was looking through songs and he thought of Whip It and he was like, man, that band so weird, you know, <laughs> like they were just like a really off the wall kind of band, you know. And so he wanted to do Whip It, but he couldn't really think of like a way to do it, you know. So he kind of threw that idea away. But he said the next morning he just thought of what if we slowed it down and maybe did like a half time, you know. And so he just had this idea in his head. And uh, he took it to our producer, and uh, they just kind of built off of the idea he had, and um, it just came out, you know. And I really like it, honestly. It doesn't even sound like the song, you know. It was funny because when us guys in the band heard the song, we were like, why didn't you just write lyrics to it, you know? It's a good song. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's still cool, though. I'm just glad you're not going to wear those really strange hats that Devo used to have. It looks like some kind of flattened red cone on the top of their heads. Yeah, it's funny because Brian actually bought one and was wearing them at the show for a while when we played that song. But I think he stopped wearing it now. He might bring it back. You never know. (laughs) Well, you've talked about the songs that you were involved with on Between Here and Lost. Which song meant the most to you? Um, I think there's two songs uh that probably meant the most to me the first one would be the song by the way it's a little bit more slower it's more like a you know a ballad sounding but um that song is really personal to myself and to brian because uh last year we had some people that were very close to us you know pass away and um it was very unexpected you know when you lose someone in your life you know you kind of zone out for a while you know and you don't really know what to do with yourself and just kind of you know how do i go on so, yeah, that was just how that song got written, you know, just based off of those people that we lost. And we just wanted to write a song to dedicate to them and also, you know, just the people out there who uh, also lost loved ones. It's really hard, you know. And so uh, we're just really hoping that uh, this song will touch a lot of people and uh, really help people get through losing people in their life. And then the other song is Meltdown. I really like that song because you know, the lyrics are really just really deep. And, you know, we all have those moments you know, we just basically have a meltdown, you know, and uh, we just don't want to deal with anything, you know, and just everything's stressing you out. I think what means the most to me are the lyrics. Like, that's what stands out the most to me because uh, it's just a very real and honest record, you know. You know, what we try to do when we write songs is just uh, be able to relate with people, you know, and just write about uh, real life situations. And But we also talk about hope, you know, in all of our songs, you know, like through all of it, you know, there's still hope. That's really what we want to tell everyone through this music, you know, because we've all been there. We've all had our fair share. We even now we still struggle, you know, we're not perfect. So uh, we just want to let people know that, you know, they're not alone, you know. I found Head's solo album Save Me For Myself somewhat contrived. However, this past summer, I saw Love and Death perform live and found a huge change with the band you know, having a really cohesive and dynamic sound. What would you say made the difference between the two albums? Um, I think having all the people that wrote on the new album, I just think that made a big difference because 
when Brian did his solo album, you know, he, he basically just wrote it by himself, you know, just, uh, just kind of on his own. So, and for him, uh, he said, you know, it was just very, uh, experimental kind of thing, you know, like he didn't want to, uh, write like stuff that sounded just like corn, you know, he just wanted to try to experiment and stuff. And it was also for him, I know that solo album was kind of like a healing process, you know, just, uh, just writing stuff and it's about his life and, uh, just things he went through and, um, but the new album, uh, you know, I think it sounds very different and better in my opinion, just cause you know, we all, we all have different influences and we all wrote on the album. So it really gave it a mixture of, uh, different kind of influences. And, you know, our producer, Jason Rao, he used to be in the band Red. Um, so you can definitely hear that kind of influence in it too. And, um, I think just the whole team effort thing really, really helped make it what it sounds like now. And uh, we're really happy with how it came out. We hope everyone else is, too. <laughs> so what about the rest of 2013? What has Love and Death got to look forward to this year? Man, we uh, we have a pretty crazy year lined up. You know, next month we start our tour with uh, Thousand Foot Crutch. And uh, that's going to go until about the end of March. And then in June, probably going to be uh, going to Europe and doing some, some stuff there. And, uh, and then in July... Like the end of June and July, we'll be doing festivals and all that. I know we've got some cool plans for in the fall, you know, doing some tours and stuff. So, uh, so we're we're gonna be busy pretty much all year, you know. And we're really excited though that we're busy because, you know, that's that's what we want. You know, we love being on the road and just uh, just touring and getting to meet people and hear people's stories. What have I not covered that I should have asked you? Uh, we have a new video coming out for. Uh, our single, The Abandoning. Um, it should be out at least by the end of January or beginning of February. So uh, we're aiming for that. So uh, people can look out for that too. And, and there's the other question since you brought up about the YouTube video. So what about your website? Where do we find that? Yeah, uh, our website is loveanddeathmusic.com. And um, you can check out all the tour dates and uh um, also get some merch there too if you want and uh, just keep up with us and we also have facebook and twitter um just love and death on each of those just uh hit us up you know we like to connect with fans and stuff we like to stay in touch and so uh yeah just uh hit us up <laughs> well the antidote has been speaking with jr the awesome lead guitarist of love and death JR, really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule, especially today being the release date of the new album and spending it with The Antidote. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, man. Really appreciate it.